record anymore. It's all on record. And on that note, uh, we're back in with 109 Ocean Avenue, and we're closing off down the Blade trilogy of vampires with Yon Rimuru. Maybe that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. I know, no, it's Yon. It's Yon. Yon Rimaru. Rimaru. I was going to. Or go depending with. where you look at it, because all the where you look at it, there's, yeah, a there's a lot like... of. We'll say there's a lot, a lot of information. There's not a lot of information on this that isn't in Romanian because we're discussing the vampire of Bucharest, and uh, yeah, they they keep it closed knit. They really don't want anyone to know. No, they they definitely uh, don't want anyone to know. That's the big thing with uh, with communism. It's like there's no there's no bad people in communism. <laughs> Just communism. The storm keeps brewing as we move further into the Eastern Europe with this one. Going by the Vampire of Bucharest, the Blonde Killer, or even the superhero-esque, the Wolfman. Not to be confused with Wolverine. Ion Rumaru was terrorizing Bucharest between the years of 1970 and 1971. And it turns out this one's more like father like son case, but we we touching it on the end? Yeah, we'll touch we'll, it. We'll, we'll, we'll touch just, on it. We can but open, we'll, we'll so go back to the whole, yeah. they don't want you to know much about this. Mm. He's considered so notorious in Romania that innocent people with the same name have since legally changed their names to remove any form of link associated to him. This is all with having wrapped up what I'd consider a fairly small... I think for, for the world scheme of 70 serial killers, a very small it's, number it's, of actual... Dead people, yeah, not victims. Not victims, but, but dead, dead people. people. Yeah, I mean, I, he wouldn't probably feature on a list of top ten serial killers in Romania. Well, no, in, not in Romania. Romania. In Romania, he definitely he would. would. He definitely <laughs> He's would. the only one, apparently. <laughs> in Europe, in the nineteen, in nineteen seventy 1970 to nineteen seventy one. No, probably not. No, there's, yeah, I don't there think you'd finish people, in the top ten. But a lot of people killing a lot of people. But as we said, the, the number of assaults was fairly high, and a lot of the other other very unpleasant things he did was yeah, um, was up there. Yeah, when we say un unpleasant, we mean that there are such a brutal attacks that the very superstitious people of Romania had only one explanation, and it must be the work of a strigoi. So I hear you ask, what exactly is a, a is a strigoi? Well, for listeners without an intrinsic knowledge of Romanian folklore, the Strigoi is a troubled or tormented spirit that has risen from its grave and gains its powers from drinking the blood of unwilling victims and is one of the main inspirations for modern-day vampires, like the Hollywood-style vampire. Well, glittery and shit? Uh, well, less that. More of the Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, the good stuff. Yeah, like, kind of like Nasferatu, that <laughs> out-of-corner stuff. Uh, so the Strigoi has the ability to transform itself into animals or they can just become invisible. And uh, according to folklore, there's quite a few ways that you can uh, become one. And uh, so there is a uh, leading a life of sin, sta standard yeah, kind standard. of religious, um, dying without being married, a little harsh, dying from suicide. I know that's the big thing in a lot, lot of cultures. If you commit suicide, you go to or go to hell and such and such. Um, you can If you die from a witch's curse, also a way to get it. And the two that I think are really unfair, one of which is dying from execution as a result of perjury, because if you lied in a court, you immediately died. I think that's kind of harsh. And then the single most unfair one being the seventh child in a family when all the siblings are the same sex. That's, that's unfair. Yep, it's just entirely unfair. 
you might just think these are all just like folklores and stories how the same we have but um as late as 2004 a family in Romania was charged with disturbing the peace of the dead and sentenced to six months in prison after they dug up the coffin of Petra Tuma and made an incision in his chest, tore his heart out, then they burnt the body, mixed the ashes of the heart <laughs> and chest with some water, and then they drank it, which is that was the custom of how oh. you deal with us as three guy in Romania. This was simply because Thomas' niece had reported that she had been visited by him months after his death at Christmas time. And the only real reason that the Romanian authorities charged them was because at the time they wanted to be part of the... They wanted to join the EU and they didn't want think, <laughs> people thinking they were just batshit. So let's um take a return back from the realm of the supernatural and go into 12th of October 1946 when Jan Rimaru was born. He had the very unfortunate early life, as many serial killers do. He was the eldest uh, son of two brothers. That's not the unfortunate part. Um, his father, Thorian, would beat his mother and the children mercilessly and uh, until the parents ended up separating. And for some reason, I don't exactly know why, Florian got custody of the kids. I'm assuming it's a money thing. Like if he had the money coming in or... Well, as you'll find later, his it's seventies, but but still, you don't the parents you don't normally separate out. But who knows what exactly was happening uh, in Romania at that time? Although he was considered to be excelling academically in his early life, he was then forced to retake ninth grade after being found to being having sexual relationships with a minor who was also the daughter of his teacher. Then, at the age of eighteen, he was convicted of aggravated theft. But the thing here, which I don't really get, is it says a minor. He was also 14 at the time. Yep. So I don't know what the, what what a minor is. I, I don't know what the, the rules are on the same age. What, what, oh, because he was also a minor, but I, I, yeah. I feel like she was probably six <laughs> or so. Or who knows? But the fact that the only thing that you would do would be like, well, you've got to repeat this. Great. <laughs> Surely the teacher would want the kid as far away as yeah. possible because i know from having taken essentially one of my teachers i don't want to say hostage in the sense of physically took her hostage but i, I took her classroom in a in a it was a hostage siege like i had control of that classroom <laughs> no matter what she did and uh she was like you're gonna repeat the final year and i was like if you make me repeat, if you think it's been bad this year, like <laughs> next year it's going to be a whole new field of dreams. But um, so after after quote unquote passing uh, the school, the, you know what the kids say, the school. Uh, he and en- he enrolled in the faculty of veterinary medicine in 1966, which they only um required 5.25, and to. Put it into respect for people who didn't go to school in, in Europe. The system in Europe is you take 14 subjects or so at school level and or I think it gets to 12 when you're doing the baccalaureate. And it's just an overall mark out of 10. Anything under 5 is a fail. You have to get at least 5 to pass. I failed 3 subjects and got a 6.2. <laughs> like... <laughs> So the fact that you can, he was allowed into a university with a five, that you, that was all they wanted for vet, from veterinary medicine was 5.25 is outrageous. 
I'm yeah, I'm fairly certain he would have even got turned down from our uni. Well, you say that I got into our uni with so did uh, I, with nothing related to the course we did. I had related to the course we did, but I don't have any GCSEs, <laughs> <laughs> so unconditional offer. Thank you. Um, he was described by one of his professors as being shy and semi-literate, which is what you want from your vet. Um, he had a very, very poor uh, vocabulary and a very narrow set of interests. And he had to repeat the second and third year. Luckily, he managed to pass that first year. As we all know, that's the important one. <laughs> his behaviour often pushed his flatmates away from him. And he was found to have self-harm when becoming aggravated or enraged. Uh, I was just thinking, was this his way of controlling himself pre-letting it all Pre-spray. go? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Well, but then again, lots of people, lots of teenagers oh, get uh, angry and self-harm yeah. and then don't go on to uh, do what he did. How he was found to have an uncontrollable libido since his adolescence. He also took a page out of the Dracula manual and never slept at night. Instead, would only pierce the corridors of his halls. One housemate remembered a particular weird night where I walked, waited outside the door of someone who had a girl in their room. He later claimed that he did it all. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it, you were going to read that. He did it for the nookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, we laugh to make uh, light of this uh, tragically horrible subject. <laughs> um, but we don't make light of the subject, just to ease ourselves. In, in 1967, he was diagnosed with an asthesial spasm, which is a condition that's characterised by the uncoordinated contractions of the esophagus, which may cause difficulty swallowing or regurgitation, so basically you kind of like you, you, you choke and stuff when you like uh, eat food or it has some randoms at any kind of any given time and it, um, it also causes symptoms such as chest pain similar to heart disease uh, in uh, the many cases the cause is really unknown they kind of think it was a stress related so it was more because it's a nervous system issue mm. they think maybe his issues are because he was also at the same time <laughs> diagnosed with the most uh Soviet thing, quote unquote, mental issues. <laughs> I haven't heard a more a more nineteen sixties diagnosis of mental illness before. We're not going to narrow it down. It's just mental, mental issues. <laughs> and so it began on a stormy night on the eighth of April, nineteen seventy. Eleanor Oprah was walking home late from her waitress job. Unfortunately, she was not walking home alone. Romaru forced himself inside her home as she entered. The attack was so brutal that the neighbours heard the commotion which forced him to flee. Sadly, the neighbour was too late. Oprah was dead before help could arrive. A thing we did mention during this horrible attack was that after killing uh, Opera, which he did with a, an either like an iron bar or maybe the blunt end of an axe, he then raped her dead body. Which is something that will continue throughout the rest of his attacks. I'd say, uh, like, uh, looking at a lot of his attacks were more, like, rape-based as opposed to murder-based. Uh, there was definite some a release-based thing rather than the the death doesn't seem to be exactly what he was going after. It was there was something else that he wanted from them. But what is weird that his attacks when he did kill he did always rape the bodies 
His MO was to use a blunt instrument like a like we said, an iron bar, hammer, small axe or a knife, which he carried around he carried a small axe and knife around with him, didn't he? Mm-hmm. In a little satchel. In a little satchel. And was to usually attack up until very late on in, in his spree, it was mostly waitresses who were walking home after midnight and as I said earlier, with the nickname Killer of Blondes, they were majority of the time blonde yeah all blondes now I, I don't know whether this is uh his he wanted to specifically attack waitresses or whether it's because people they're the only sort of people walking home are people who work in like the service industry especially with in european countries where the hours are much later yeah. so bars are open for like like casual dining bars and stuff are open for much time so there'll be a lot more people walking home around then and one thing that he did also he every time that he attacked it was during like rain, it was raining at the time. Yeah, it was stormy which is weather. Really wasn't it? weird. But maybe that was just to cover things up, you know. So they've got that might be smart. The blood, yeah. If he's all wet, you don't notice the blood as much. That's, yeah, that's a good thing. I was going with the more creepy, supernatural side of things. I mean, that works as well. When <laughs> <laughs> he comes out when it's raining, yeah, that's like his like shadow being like takes over him when it's raining. I mean, I'd kill for some rain right now. Oh, it's, it is, uh, it's the, so hot, and because of recording, we've had to close off all windows, and I live in the most airtight house in Britain, apparently. So, like, we are starting to sweat, and it's, it's unpleasant. Yeah, this, this, this whole thing isn't as glamorous as, you know, we, we make it out to oh, be. We make it so glamorous, see. The struggles we, we go through to get you Oof, this podcast. The real content. It was during his second, what I'm going to say is major offence, that he raped. Florica Marku after knocking knocking her unconscious and carrying her to a cemetery and also taking bites out of her and sucking her blood. This is, I'm assuming, where his namesake came from. But for some reason, <clears throat> he left before killing her. Which, this is the thickness as well. I don't get whether either, because he was in a cemetery in the middle of the night. It's not like someone was running into It's not like when the yeah. neighbor came down. Or if someone did interrupt, surely that would be a witness would have come forward and said, oh yeah, there was this guy there attacking yeah, her. He looked like this. Yeah, he's like, he, um, uh, looked like a vampire mainly. Oh yeah, the, you know, the Stigri or whatever. Oh, fuck, what is it called? The, the, I can't, I've forgotten what the vampire thing was called already. <laughs> yeah, she was fortunately saved by a passing truck driver's hours after the attack took place. And uh, so before we go any further, I really want to talk about the other main character in the story, uh, which is communism or more the severe censorship that comes from living in the quote-unquote utopian society so um romania was part of the was was a communist party after world war ii but was never part of like the uh, the soviet union but uh under nikolai (laughs) (laughs) go for it sezowski that's not how you um pronounce it but uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the, he was the second communist uh, regime leader of Romania. Propaganda material was the only information that had public access across the country. So uh, anything that was out of the, did, that didn't go along with the communist ideal or the communist regime was not reported. And Romero's actions certainly went against that grain. This meant not only did his crimes barely go reported, that his crimes certainly weren't linked at the start because uh, Romania had the same sort of problem as the Soviet Union did where it likes to spout the idea that serial killers and attackers 
or a Western problem. After the murder, or not, not the murder, after the assault, uh, brutal assault rape and assault, <clears throat> things somewhat cooled down a bit over the next couple of months. You know, he took some time off. Yeah, I mean, he committed a couple of counts of aggravated theft over July 1970 before taking a few months off again. Uh, these. Do you not think that would be quite hard? If you've been, you've been, you've done two brutal, brutal. You've done one murder and one brutal rape, and we've done two rapes, but real, real bad attack. And you've drank, you've drank the person's blood. Yeah. You've eaten bits of their flesh. Just aggravated robbery seems seems either it was playing down an attempt of an attack, like he was trying to get them, and then he got caught, and so he was like, "Fuck it, I might as well take the purse." But it just, I don't know. It seems a weird, a weird de-escalation. To go down to just... Do you think? Yeah, I or... do. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I do, I do. yes. <laughs> you know, look at this, though. What's the weather like in July? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> My blood. And nothing from July... This is of his convicted crimes. Nothing from July till November, which... That is a dry season in the middle of Europe. Yep. Well, well, all the I, way I through. Even, I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. Yeah, so he in November 1970, he started up again, attempting to murder Olag Baritru after raping her. And then he started 1971, the way he finished 1970, with two attempted murders in one week. First... <laughs> We're really sorry. Yeah, we are really sorry. We're not. We're not laughing at anything that's happened. It's just the fact that we're not very smart people, and we're trying to pronounce very hard words. The surname. The surname is, has what has six letters, and two of which are vowels, separated between two consonants. The first, Gertrita Sefcu, on the fifteenth of February. Sorry, and then Elisabetta Flora. On the 9th to the 17th of Feb. And yeah, both both of these were unsuccessful, but he then did, I believe, also drink blood from both of those victims. Just a couple of weeks later, he upped his murder count to two with Fan- Fanica Lee uh, with the premeditated and murder rape. And then he also stole a lot of her possessions. And this was actually in, I believe, her home or just the doorway of her home. And by now, the people of Bucharest were terrified. With women going, not going out after dark, or if they went out after dark, it was in like large groups. And the, the terror was only made worse by the fact the police still weren't given any information, and they weren't anywhere near finding a lead, let alone a suspect. It's worse though, when, when it's getting spread by word, word, word of mouth. Word of mouth. And That's police how aren't... everything's being spread because they yeah. can't. All information around Romania gets spread, small town, so and it's slowly like builds out from the epicenter and like slowly fires out where people start telling gossip and because they can't publicize it in the newspapers it would be much better if they did publicize it and controlled it as opposed to just going no because it goes against the gossip it goes against i don't does but it's the i'm not i'm not part of the communist regime of the 1970s in in romania but uh yeah i think it also is a bad idea that they didn't say anything and uh probably one of his worst and most sadistic crimes Came early next April. You know, April showers. In 1971, he, he um, raped and murdered Georgita Popa. He stabbed her 48 times in the head and chest. And then he proceeded to stamp on all over, like just crushing all of her ribs before biting big uh, 
chunks out of her body and then again feeding on her blood. And this murder put the police on high alert, starting Operation Vulture, which was named after the street she was murdered on. They brought in over 6,000 men from various law enforcements to patrol the streets of Bucharest. This caused over 2,565 arrests and over 8,000 individuals were stopped and asked for identification. That's... That is literally on... needle in the haystack. They're just every person. Oh, yeah. Any person on the street, they're yeah. essentially stopping. If you're, you're out a... after dark. If you're a male wearing a large trench coat. I don't even dark. think a trench coat. I reckon you could be skipping. You could be like on your way to Romania's Pride. There's definitely not. There was not a Pride Festival in Romania yeah, in the 1970s. <laughs> 1970s. <laughs> there was, but uh, you could be on that way. Having the, you would be in stop for as well. Like no one was. I don't think any men were really. <laughs> any male at that time of yeah. night was yeah. being. Oh, stopped. you know what? If you're a slightly larger than average woman, <laughs> stop <laughs> you as well. Yeah, after this, May proved to be his final month in which, in the space of seven days, he attempted to rape, and/or murder six women. Now this is like full on like and Chango and Chain yeah, level he's just of just gone. going. What is it their last podcast called it? Berserker mode, where yeah. you're just going full out. Nothing can try and stop him now. Well, I'm assuming he's like seen this Operation Vulture gone, gone, oh fuck. <sighs> There's, they are stopping. Yeah, cause do you it, reckon he was stopped beforehand? They would probably say if they had. Yeah, again, I don't, I don't think they would talk about it. if they did stop him beforehand. They would definitely not definitely say anything. Definitely not mention it. He started with Satana Sakrin on the night of 1st of May, then moved on to Michel Usher who attempted to murder on the night of the 4th, 5th of May, but was... Uh, he, I think he did actually murder her. Yeah, because he, didn't he come back? Yeah, well, he was disturbed um, and was left unsatisfied. So you can imagine what was what he was disturbed doing. And at this point, he decided that he had enough time left in the night or early hours of the morning to find another victim, which was Maria Lodench. I've been here two hours. That's insane. Later. That's that's cr- absolutely crazy. Going going for two in one night, because the fact there must be police everywhere as well. Yeah, if they're still doing this operation, they're going to be. You're bound to bump into someone that's going to be asking for why is the blood on your shirt. A couple of nights later, again he went for the double kill with two attempted murders of Victoria Taru and Elena Bulicki. So let's take a step back a while with old Johan. He's clearly in some mental distress. And he also knew this because at this time he's still at university. <laughs> he's still a student. He's living um, with his dad now again. And uh, so on the fourth March, he went to the university hospital and he was diagnosed by six doctors having been suffered from periodic epilepsy. And uh, due to this, he had a, a prescription in his uh, pocket for whatever seizure medication, or whatever they were given that time. And on the night of the fourth of May, after he was uh, disturbed. He was careless enough to drop the doctor's note, which was actually found underneath the body of Miela Ursula. Although the note was so blood-soaked that there was the doctor's name and patient number were just completely invisible. But what they did have was the letterhead, which what led the, the authorities back to the Bucharest Student Hospital. And this was the first time that any leads had come across. So uh, obviously police were ecstatic. And I'm assuming 9,000 police officers turned up at the hospital. <laughs> the, whole, the whole whole of that operation. <laughs> Everyone from up. Operation Vulture 
ran down to the Bukhara student hospital. And uh, so after that, they specialised it. They managed to narrow it down to which doctor because of the letterhead. And that doctor had seen 83 patients, which were all um, students. <laughs> doctor, And there was actually Dr. Octavian. They managed from that list, they selected 15 students to closely watch, which I'm amazed they had to select 15. I'm amazed after they found which people and they went through them, immediately everyone didn't point and be like, oh, it's him. It's definitely him. I think, yeah, well, I think they based it off who hadn't reported their diagnosis to the students because that, that that letter that they found mm. was i think two hand into the university ah uh, oh what to basically so say basically went, i'm batshit crazy by the way yeah so they you basically should be went, watching me which 50 which which of these 83 didn't hand it in cool there's 15 people who still had the letter ah uh, okay then and then that's how they ended up narrowing it down to so, so they're not following this um police searched his room while he was out Upon his return, he was carrying an axe and a knife. They then tested his hair against strands that... I can't fucking... They then tested his hair against strands that had been left at the Ursula's crime scene. And the bite mark which he had left. Along with several witness statements, which left no room for doubt of his guilt. So it's, it's, a, it's a good day for, uh, for police. It's only taken them a year of ignoring a problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... Uh, I reckon they could have caught him a, a lot sooner if they'd started telling people that there was a serial rapist and murderer walking the streets and just not left it to hushed tones in street corners. And hope for the best, better weather. Mm. If, if only. Climate change, eh? <laughs> Saving lives in Romania. Um, following his arrest, Ramiro decided to give the officers the silent treatment, saying nothing and going into a full catatonic state. This was only broke after police decided to place an undercover policeman in the same cell as him when Johan finally started talking. Which, I feel like uh. everyone now knows that that's what they do now, but maybe back in the day there wasn't as much information that, that that's what the police always do. And I'm gonna say the same thing as like, when you're talking to serial killers on the dark web, they're not actually, sorry, when you're killing to contract killers and hitmen on the dark web, they're not actually contractors, they're probably an authority position. The same way with this, don't tell anyone anything in prison <laughs> yeah. because they will snitch on you because that's what everyone does. <laughs> There's the thing that's how snitches get stitches, but they don't. Snitches get released. <laughs> or better meals. Yeah. yeah. Just stop telling people what you've been doing. <laughs> stop bragging about it. And it, oh, I, it's like, this was, it was only a, a pet. It was meant to be a thief as well. That was what he was an undercover app. He was an undercover as another murderer. Because that would have been like, holy shit, there's two of us? Well, that's at least, maybe you can start talking. But no. no they could have talked about, you know, the theft that he had been doing. That is true. And that's how they got him. I was like, yeah, okay. what do you use? I use an axe when I'm not raping and murdering people. <laughs> Did I say too much? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I found it was easier if I killed them first. Yeah. I could just take whatever I liked. And it turns out what I liked was their flesh and blood. <laughs> you should try it when you're it's out. It's great. Um, it's like a fine wine. So after two months... Of what I'm guessing, they say interrogation, but what I'm guessing is them just wailing on him, yeah. just beating the shit out of him for two solid months. And I don't, I don't even blame them. No, no, no. but um, so after two months, he uh, finally admitted to 23 major crimes, including four of the murders and uh, numerous rapes. And for some reason, though, they he was only charged with three murders. Who really knows why? 
Um, I think it might have a lot to do with they, his dad, basically. So they also questioned his father, Florian, who was more than just a little belligerent with the authorities, <laughs> where he simply stated, how should I know what he did? <laughs> Despite the fact he was the one cleaning Johan's blood-drenched clothes, as well as um, he actually confiscated his murder bag just before the last few assaults. And that's where he was coming from when police were in his dorm. He'd gone back to his dad's place to retrieve his knife and axe. Oh, my God. Luckily for Florian, you don't have to testify against close family in Romania. Oh. Yeah. So not that I don't think he would have had he been able to, but, yeah, they can't make it. But also, it said in lots of the stuff I was looking up that Florian actually uh, confessed, quote-unquote, to the crimes, or rather more, Yoan said his dad did a lot of them. Yeah. Because that's why the only real connection they had was with the ones that he had the bite mark for. Yeah. That was the only the real connection they could make. During Ramiro's trials, he decided to change his plea from an insanity defence when he actually read a statement out loud to the courtroom saying he was entirely lucid the whole time, didn't suffer from any hallucinations or periods of disassociation. <laughs> he then stated he was innocent, <laughs> changed his plea to not guilty, and recanted all of his confessions. And then, for the final <laughs> move of just fuck you, everyone, he went back into his catatonic state, refusing to talk to even his defence lawyer. Oh, God. So he just sat there, silent, the whole time. They tried to question him, sat there silent. They got these witnesses. He wouldn't say a single thing. Now, a giant crowd had gathered around his trial by this stage, and they were clapping, clapped and cheered in celebration when the judge found him guilty and sentenced him to death. That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. I, <laughs> I don't actually how I feel about capital punishment, but yeah, you can't, you can't go around can't. drinking people's blood. <laughs> yeah. Then on the October 23rd, 1971, Romario was tied to the post in the grounds of Gilovan Prison after spending hours trying to escape. The three guards asked if he had any last wishes. After answering no, he began violently biting at his clothes and flailing, trying to free himself. Then cried out, call my father so I can see what's happening to me make him come he's the guilty one i want to live which yeah most people do before the guards opened fire all of his movements meant that the guards couldn't get a clean shot oh god and ended up being he ended up being riddled with bullets a lot of which ended up his ass and and as he had completely spun around he was then buried in an unmarked grave for fear of people of romania taking revenge on the Strigoli that haunted the Bucharest for just over 13 months. And yeah, that's the um, the end of how Yohan Romaru uh, led his uh, quite short life, really. Because, what, was he 24? At the end of all this? Yeah. And uh, so, during this time, as we mentioned before, Florian had um, a lot of it, his father Florian had a lot of issues and um, for some, I just can't really find enough information to why he wasn't arrested at the time with his son because he was clearly covering up the yeah, crime. Yeah, he was clearly involved. He in was it, involved in, in at least a, what's it called? Um, when you aid and abetting, but the yeah. other one, uh, uh, conspiracy to 
I can't think of what the crime is. The course of justice. Yeah, at least one of these must have been a crime in communist Russia, in communist um, Romania. But for some reason, his dad didn't get brought up to justice for any of these. And then he was pushed off a train when I want to think he was maybe skipping fare. (laughs) And someone (laughs) pushed him from a train and he died from this. And uh, after he died, it led uh, Romanian detectives... I'm using some quotes in this one. And do you know what they had? They finally had a case, the closed case, of a series of murders and rapes in 1944, two, just two years before Yoan was born. And with that, they closed the only other, quote-unquote, serial attacks in Romania's communist history. Oh, he sounds like a skip goat to yeah, the they, fact they said just... they got him on shoe size, that he had the same shoe size as impressions found at the crime scenes, and he was the right height and build for it. I'm sure he probably did something, and maybe it might have been the case that literally, maybe um, Yoan only did some attacks, maybe his dad went out on yeah. some attacks with him, maybe that's what stopped him. Maybe his dad was essentially watching him, and when as soon as he was... Oh, new theory, I like this theory. So his dad takes him out because he can't get anything because no one wants to be anywhere near Yoan. So he ta- his dad takes him out and he's like, you go you go attack that girl and, and rape her. Because, you know, he's not a nice person. Yeah, he's not. So what happens is he goes out there and then he just goes fucking butt knucks crazy. And then his dad's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You're drinking her blood. We gotta get out of here. That, that's what I'm going with. And that, yeah. And so, um... A lot of uh, psychiatrists and people have tried to really get why he did his crimes. Because crimes don't really have any causality. He had the regular, his dad beat him, his mum, he, he was left by his mum and such and such. But uh, one psychiatrist actually tried to give the diagnosis of, from only watching tapes. So he didn't actually, he wasn't with him. He didn't ever see him. He watched tapes years after he, death, he died and actually diagnosed him with, I don't know if you can diagnose someone actually be diagnosed with clinical lycanthropy but uh, that's what he said it was and for anyone who doesn't know clinical lycanthropy from what i've the minimal research i've done on the subject is uh basically anytime you disassociate and you think you're turning into an animal and it's kind of what they use as like a medical basis for where werewolves come from and stuff like that but you don't have to transform into a wolf you can transform into um, a bear or a snake this apparently only or a been... beast. It's basically the plot line for Split. If you oh shit, it is the plot line for Split. Yeah. That is a stupid film as well. Oh, whoa. I think that's a pretty good film. Did you? You fell asleep when you watched it here. I'd already seen it though. <laughs> a good film you can watch over and over again and be enthrilled by. <laughs> and if you're falling asleep, you're saying that you fall asleep during everything. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter what film it <laughs> is. Any film. It could be Shawshank Redemption. I'm like, oh. Yeah, but that's a great film, but it is also a long, long that is, film. Yeah, it's a long film. And that was a bad example. It's filled with lots of times where Morgan Freeman's just using his dulcet tones. What's wrong with that? You could fall asleep. That's, that's that, the problem. That's that, 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 yeah, that is it. He's just there being like, hmm, ended frame. And then I never did realise how he killed those children. But <laughs> you're like, yeah, you, you sing me to my dreams. Uh, he, maybe he, he was dating his his granddaughter or something I think some substantiated claims but uh, I'm making them <laughs> so yeah that was um, the very bloody and uh, unfortunately it wasn't that long but because there's just not that information yeah out there. there's not a great deal out there um, anyone who's uh, 
Romanian and can understand all of the videos that there are on YouTube, which I've tried to watch with um the trans the Google subtitles underneath. They don't make any sense. <laughs> but um, if you want, can get um any information towards us. Uh, I think we're going on a lighter subject for next time. Aren't we? Uh, or is it one just second, <laughs> and I'll find out. Because we've been recording things like out of order as such. I think the next one you'll hear, which we've already recorded, could possibly be Betty and Barney Hill. Yes. But that's already been done and recorded. It's already done, yeah. We'll yeah. Put these three, then that one. Yeah, yeah that makes that's, it that's nicer. Cool. That makes it yeah, nicer. So that is we'll a... do three. We'll do these, these three intense ones, and then we're, we're going to yeah have fun with some uh, alien conspiracies next time then. Yeah, and then we are going it, very is it, much. Is it time? Is it time for... After that, it is... Yeah, the next, the, the, the next, siren. the next one we're recording. Is, yeah, it is. is it, I can't even. I was going to try and make the acronym. Hang on, hang on. Is it C A H? Yes. Nice. And yeah, we are gonna talk about the amazing narco narco traficante drug cult of Sara Aldente, and uh, I am very very excited. I've got to do a lot of uh, research for it in from uh, Mexico, so we've got quite a lot of cool information that's in Mexican for this one actually can speak the language so we can translate stuff that's not out there so I've I've watched uh, too much about her and uh, interviews and because there's a lot of recordings and uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun so uh, hit us up on Instagram it's the only social media we've got because we hate everything we basically hate social media yeah we so, hate, so uh, yeah you know have a digital platform they said and or if anything email us at 109 Ocean Avenue at Gmail anything at all we'd love to hear from you right take care guys we'll see Cheers. you around <laughs>